1: It is July twenty seventh in this year, twenty twenty one. NXT on Sci Fi. Alfred, were you excited? We saw different commercials and promos tonight in between <laughs> our NXT.
0: Yes, that's what I was excited about of NXT on Sci Fi is the the various commercials that we were going to see. That Child's Play series looks pretty dope. It does. I, I, listen, I grew up with Chucky. I love Chucky. I remember I went to a, a kid's birthday party when I was a kid, and I was too young to be watching a movie like that, and. Uh, I grew up in an era where they marketed horror to kids. Like Robocop was a really violent movie that they sold toys for. And Chucky was one of those movies. And I was really happy to see Chucky all the TV. So I'm gonna be watching that show. So
2: I love that you said that because I remember Gremlins. It's like one of the first movies I remember seeing at the theater. And then I watched it recently because I consider it a Christmas movie. I watched it on Christmas time and I'm like, this movie is super gory. <laughs> like, why was I watching this when I was a kid? And then Phoebe
1: Cates yeah. just brings it down with that monologue about why she doesn't celebrate Christmas. And it's like, this was a child's movie that came out
0: at the holidays? What the heck? The 90s were like the cool uncle would just like, you know, let the kid watch whatever he wants and drink while he's supposed to be watching the kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you Man. know,
2: um, Vice is doing a Dark Side of the 90s series. Oh. And I, got, I watched the, the first one was about talk shows. Oh, my God, it's so Ooh. good. I, I'm already hooked.
0: Is OJ going to get an episode?
2: Uh, I would assume so, but this one, the talk show one, they uploaded. I don't know if the series started on the show, but they always upload one on their YouTube channel to preview the series, and it's it showed up on my recommended today, and I love it. Yeah, every second oh my it. god, I got, so
1: it. We got <laughs> two episodes: uh, Trash TV that yes. about talk show, and one about the Viper Room. Okay, we're I'm watching this. Going to start on Me that. Too. Oh
2: my god, so good. Love the 90s. <laughs> oh man,
1: uh, so. It was okay, they got done what they need to get done tonight. This was a watchable episode, but it felt like they knew our viewership's going to be way down. We got the announcements of the important things that are going to happen to take over. We got to get that out there. We got to set that up. We got to get the basic information to move things forward. Um, it felt like a very serviceable episode, but not an essential episode.
2: I mean, yeah, that's a great description.
0: <laughs> I agree, and I was actually kind of frustrated watching some parts of this episode, to be honest, really. Yeah, a couple a of couple other things confused me on this episode. I mean, all in all, it was, it was okay, but uh, it, was, it was frustrating in parts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this opening tonight, to me, I thought was a bo- – actually,
1: this opening to me said it's going to take people a while to figure out what channel we're on, so let's just put on a 20-minute burner of a match between Ciampa and Thatcher versus Oni Lorcan and Pete Dunn. Like, this was really
0: good, but this oh, didn't have to me- that we have to do the news, uh, a couple of news oh, yeah. items. Uh, real quick. <laughs> uh, and uh, talking about NXT, you know, this is a natural transition. K- Karrion Cross uh, was reportedly scheduled to lose to Jeff Hardy on Raw. How did Hardy not come down with COVID-19, which he currently has and is out for a couple of weeks? The plan reportedly, according to Fightful Select, was for Karrion Cross to once again lose on Raw to Jeff Hardy tonight. What do you think about that, Issa?
2: Uh Yeah, I heard about this and I, I wasn't surprised by the news, but... <laughs> i mean that would have been i don't know i i mean not that what they ended up doing with him was even a better idea to begin with right like i feel like they put carry on cross against keith lee on a people that should have not lost last week match to me it felt like a troll job it was almost like oh you didn't like that we had him lose so we're gonna have him beat your other favorite you know like that's what that felt like but um yeah i'm 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 kind of glad they were forced to go in a different direction and i hope that jeff hardy gets better soon
1: yeah. Crazy, man.
0: Yeah, I just didn't. I mean, it did. Who knows what would have happened? But, you know, nothing. I wouldn't have put anything past them. It, you know, seeing Karrion Cross in the ring with Jeff Hardy again, I, you know, in the back of my mind, I'd be thinking, oh, man, they might beat him again. And had that happen, I mean, even him beating Keith Lee last night, like Keith Lee was actually super popular in that match. And yeah. and I just didn't feel the connection with Karrion Cross. So him losing two times in his first two matches would have just, I think he's already suffered the death sentence, but that, that would have been it. It's like they don't like the fans. They're most <laughs> hardcore fans. Agreed. I mean, yeah, they do have a love-hate relationship with fans, as you saw with a recent trademark of that term. Complaining is not a conversation, I believe but it was. You don't see this with bands.
1: Weezer doesn't go out there and say, we're just going to play Beverly Hills start to finish and piss off our hardcore audience. Like... They know you got to you gotta serve like the diehards that have been down since day one. Like those are your most important people. You got to work in some Pinkerton, some Blue Album, maybe some Green Album, maybe some B-sides. You know, you can't just go out there and play all the poppy stuff. And it's like with Vince, it's like I've never seen it so antagonistic. Like he hates the things that is most – that is like the fans that want the deep cuts, that want the continuity. He just does not give a shit about their opinion.
0: Yeah, and this isn't uh, so much, I wouldn't, I, you know, as much as uh, there are times where there is an antagonistic relationship, like with Karrion Cross. it isn't even like a thing where a bunch of hardcore fans are rallying around him. This is the type of guy that I think in WWE could be a mainstream guy if True. they took him under his wing. He does have that mainstream star appeal. That's why it confuses me so much that they're doing something with a guy like Karrion Kross uh, as opposed to like an Adam Cole or like, you know, Kyle O'Reilly, if he would have come up. But with Karrion Cross, like this is their prototypical guy. So I don't know who they're yeah. trying to troll.
2: Yeah, since day one, I always felt he felt very main roster and I'm shocked that that's how they're treating him.
0: And, uh, well, uh, Natalia actually has a pretty scary moment last night on Raw. She suffered what appeared to be an ankle injury, and it has since been confirmed. Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter saying that, uh, that while it's not known what the extent of the injury is, she definitely suffered some sort of uh, ugly ankle injury. Uh, and it's not known whether or not she needs surgery. She has kind of intimated that she's not taking any days off, but if you watched the match last night with Dewdrop when she was having her interactions, they were rolling around and something went wrong to where you could see her getting out of the ring, and a medical official tended to her. She had to limp out of the arena. So a really tough woman to be able to kind of not necessarily finish the match, but she was all smiles walking out of that ring, uh, albeit she was limping. But uh, Natalia might be out for a while, but we're not so sure. when. Did you see that injury last night, Issa
2: I did see it, and it made me realize that Natalia is always here, right? She doesn't get hurt. It, yeah. it like, shocked me because I was like, Natalia somebody that's always there, right? One of their most reliable stars. So you never want to see anybody get injured. That was a scary spot. But, yeah, like you said, this woman has been carrying out, and she's still smiling at the fans. And I was like, what a what a legend. I hope it's nothing serious and she gets to come back soon.
1: No, absolutely, absolutely.
0: And the then let's we'll talk about the hottest champion in wrestling right now, Matt Cardona, the former Zack Ryder, your GCW World Heavyweight Champion. Uh recently appeared on a Busted Open radio show. I mean, this guy is hot, hot, hot. Anything with Matt Cardona in it has just been moving in terms of the Internet talking. In his most recent comments, he was talking about some uh, text and some uh, tweets that he's been seeing of fans from GCW, which is, you know, a game-changer wrestling. It's very hardcore, death match style. They made Nick Gage famous. You saw that dark side of the ring. And he's been saying that he's been getting messages from fans saying that they wanted Nick Gage to kill Chelsea Green, who is his real life girlfriend. Oh so Lord. If you saw that viral clip, he won the GCW championship and those fans immediately started throwing bottles into the ring. It was almost a riot scene. What do you guys make of this whole uh, movement for GCW right now?
2: I think this is the most I've ever seen GCW being talked about. I, I love seeing it across my timeline. I was considering going to the show and I was like, you know what? Maybe I was like, I regretted it because the show was really good. I yeah. watched it. But then uh, once I saw the ending, I was like, yeah, I'm better off watching it from here, you know, to come from my own home, not getting anything thrown on me. <laughs> It's
1: that antithesis of it, right? It's like there's a certain protectionism of hardcore fans of anything that wants it to be more exclusive rather than inclusive. Like they see that as as their thing. And I think that if other people appreciate it on their terms, that would be acceptable. But you have someone who's seen as like a carpetbagger coming in. Mm Uh, and former Matt Cardona, who no disrespect at all, I think it's amazing what he did. But I could see where they would see a former WWE guy comes in, steals the thunder of the hardcore fans. Uh, it's like it's like when Katy Perry was on the Warp Tour that year, some of the kids were like, What the heck? But it brings more attention to it, you know, that's the thing. So, good, good for Matt.
2: Yeah, but that's that, the thing though. They have to be ready for this because now yeah. you're having wrestling Chris Jericho tomorrow. Like like GCW is going to be exposed to a whole new audience. They did it with Matt Cardona and now they're doing it all over again tomorrow. So I do feel that the 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 hardcore fans have to be ready for a lot of casuals starting to tune in and they booked a show in Chicago yeah. for all that weekend. So they're going to have that AW audience probably Kind of like, come over there and see what's up. They have to be ready for that. But it was a visual. Seeing Matt Cardona with that shirt red that started white, like, there was just something about about that show. I really enjoyed it. And good for Matt Cardona. I like what he's doing.
0: Yeah, and you're onto something, Issa, because this is very shrewd, promoter, Carney-type booking in that before, like, they're going to be on a national spotlight with their most famous wrestler on AEW now before a huge audience. Mm -hmm. You've yeah. got this big story that you could argue is even bigger than the fact that Nick Gage is gonna go face Chris Jericho because yeah. of just how much attention it's getting. And uh, yes, there's gonna be a lot of like casual attention, and I'm all for that aspect of it as long as they know how to kind of balance that out. The thing with GCW is GCW is so close to being real in terms of them wrestling these. I don't know if you saw those sheets that were all bloody from Zack Ryder's room that they had to tip off the waitresses or the, the maids that this you know, they better. That was was
2: gross. They didn't need to do
0: that. They yeah, didn't need to. So it's so realistic <laughs> in what they. Do that, like a lot of these fans are now going to think it's real. They're fans who think WWE is real and how angry they get about it. So these GCW fans are another level because of how realistic it is, I think. Uh, but I love it. I'm going to be at No Signal in the Hills GCW August 7th, my first pandemic show. I bought those tickets before this even happened. So now I'm even more excited. I wow. don't support people throwing stuff into the ring. I really, you know, think that that was kind of low little but I do support how hot GCW has gotten. I've heard nothing but good things Me about the shows, and I cannot wait until, uh, you know, I go to August 7th. Come say hi if you're in LA at No Signal in the Hills.
2: I'm excited. I feel it's it's such a fun time for wrestling again, right? Like we're seeing all of these promotions get the exposure and just a different kind of excitement and, and, and so many alternatives for all fans. This is a really, really good time for wrestling fans.
0: And then final story, quickly, Raw rating was down. Uh, Of course, it had a big jump uh, for its return to live fans with 1.923 the week before. But last Mm -hmm. night, Raw drew 1.814 million. So it looks like that ceiling has been set at about just under uh, 2 million. You know, you got John Cena back. It's pretty much all hands on deck. A lot of returns expected. But it looks like Raw is going to be hovering around that 2 million range. I actually think it's kind of disappointing uh, based on the fact that all hands are back on deck.
1: I did not watch Raw last night, and it didn't seem like it was the out Olympics. on Twitter.
2: Yeah, um, but the Olympics are also on right now, and there was yes. a couple of good swimming competitions last night. I found myself flipping the channel when there was a couple of um, competitions that I really wanted to keep my eye on. So I will say, from comp- given the fact that they were competing with the Olympics, I didn't think that was that bad of a drop. Especially because they didn't even given John Cena or Goldberg on last night's show.
1: Well, or maybe like uh, me, some uh, wrestling fans were on uh, Disney Plus watching 1993's Life with Mikey starring Michael J. Fox with hey. a good cameo, Jeff Jarrett and Jerry the King Lawler Really? With and Cindy Lauper's in it. Life with Mikey is an underrated film, one of Michael J. Fox's better movies. Life with Mikey. He it plays a former child star who becomes a talent <sighs> agent. struggling. have got to get a lot out. of 90s stuff to watch now. Yeah, it's very good. Oh, I got the one for you. I'll talk about it later. I don't want to do <laughs> on the show, but I watched something today that blew my mind that I'd never seen before, a movie that I'd heard of. I dismissed, and then I watched it today. I was like, wow. Uh, what else we got in the news? That's the news. That's the news. Uh, uh, Blackstall, Johnny Hex 499. Uh, Joey, the former drummer of Slipknot, passed away. He was one of the oh, family no. members. Uh, Slipknot, talk about bringing the wrestling energy to music. Uh, one of the time all-time great theatrical bands and i've said this before i bought the t-shirt and the album not even hearing it i was like i saw what these guys looked like i was like i'm in i am into this Amazing if there
0: band. is like wrestling i could see the wrestling parallels very legion of doom like with the you know the pageantry that they bring such a i mean such a badass visual look to the
1: band i think the music is a little hit or miss for me but uh, i think there's a huge crossover with wrestling there bands like them kiss and strange clown posse guar, like they get that theatrical visual look and uh, rest in peace to joey from slipknot um let's see what else so nxt tonight as i said people were trying to find the channel so they said Champa, thatcher lorkin pete dunn just go out there and tear it up for 20 minutes yisa what'd you think of this opening match
2: I mean, it was a lot of fun. Champa was doing all of this stuff. I was like, "Where is he getting all this energy from?" <laughs> he looked amazing again. I don't. I I miss Champa feeling. A little bit more relevant because I miss, like, the way that he's been wrestling his last few matches. It makes me almost want to see him as a singles wrestler again. Um, It was a fun match. I thought they started the show hot. Maybe they did it like what Glenn said to kind of, like, let everybody find the Right? right channel. But I was not mad at this match at all. I had a lot of fun watching it. I thought everybody looked great.
0: Yes, this is an excellent wrestling match. And I I will say, you know, it was harder to really kind of invest in it emotionally. And just as I was, you know, throughout this match, I was like, okay, this is good. These guys are working real hard. Um, I agree. Tommaso Ciampa was on fire in this match. Uh, But I was telling myself, like, I can only get so excited for that. And then they brought out Rich Holland. And I just thought it was very well done in terms of him returning. And I think he's going to fit right in. That's exactly what Pete Dunne and Oni Lorcan needed they're not going to break up as a heater like Rich Holland. So I'm right back into this feud in terms of Ridge Holland coming back. And I thought it was really well done how they just made him look like a monster all over again.
2: Perfect yeah. time to bring him back, right? Cause he was not in the back of your mind. You kind of like, what? I don't want to say forgot about him, but it's not somebody that you were saying, oh, he's coming back soon or nothing have been rumored. So it felt like a really good feel good return where it wasn't spoiler. Any well, if you didn't watch the spoilers from last week, right. <laughs> but-, <laughs> but it's just good to see him again.
1: Uh, we went from that. We had Samoa Joe arriving. Uh, we had hit row building up tonight. Uh, but let's talk about Joe's promo in the ring calling out cross and saying uh, he's resigning uh, from his role in security and he wants to be an active part of the roster again and signing a match for TakeOver 36 against Kerry Cross for the NXT title.
0: So, Alfred, are you hype for this? I really am. I think this is going to be great. I love Samoa Joe in this segment, but it was kind of funny how he comes out. He's piping mad. He's you know Samoa Joe's got the greatest facial, so he's just pissed off. But he's got all this paperwork in order. Like he's just like he's mad and he's just so pissed. But he's like, but I've got three requests. Step one, I want you to resign me. I want you to resign, <laughs> and I want to sign a match. He's got all. He's like a, the Incredible Hulk turned into a paralegal. It's just like like the like, Gray oh, Hulk in order. Uh, but I really like how this was done. And I, I like that we're going to get some Moa Joe versus Karen Cross. The fans were very hyped for it. And it just kind of told me I'm kind of disappointed they're going to do this in the CWC. Like, NXT's got to get out of the CWC for these big time shows they're going to have because it really looks like they're peeking toward a big show. They made an announcement later on in the night uh, with Walter and Eli Dragunov that yeah. uh, I just think some of these matches would be so much fun in front of even like a smaller full sale crowd.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah, agreed. I loved everything about this segment. I thought Samoa Joe was perfect. Also, to Alfred's point, I see Samoa Joe as somebody that wouldn't delegate because he's that much of a perfectionist. So he's not going to have anybody check his paperwork or he's going to take on everything himself. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I absolutely loved everything that he said. I love how ready he was. I love how Rigo was like, Yolo, <laughs> you know, like he didn't care, and yeah, I am so excited. But I'm almost more excited to see Samoa Joe wrestle like a bunch of other people. So, like, yeah, I'm excited to see him get a go against Cross. But I kind of almost want to move on from that because there's so many stare downs that he's had that have me so hyped that I just want to see. I have Samoa Joe booked, fantasy booked in my brain for like the next ten takeovers.
0: He <laughs> also has a provoke me T-shirt. I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it's going to be hype. I think uh Takeover 36 is going to be packed. They're really really putting it all in there. It'll be interesting to see what capacity we'll have a crowd for that show. But I mean this is going to feel like the the big uh, big time takeovers are back, right?
0: Absolutely. I mean, it'll feel big time when, well, it won't feel like a big time takeover until they get into an arena because at NXT's peak, they're selling out like 12,000 seat arenas for these takeovers. And that's something I feel that they can still do. I'm like, if they piggybacked on one of these big pay-per-view weekends, but it's going to be a good show. I'm very much looking forward to it already.
2: They sold out anyway on WrestleMania 33. So I don't understand why they, I mean, maybe not right now, but I can see them. If they don't want to get out of Florida or Orlando with NXT, there's so many arenas in that area that they could rent out just to get out of the CWC. I do think the CWC is hurting NXT a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's something that I'm willing to move past that. I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. There's something about the crowd, maybe so small, but I. it's, it's a little bit of a negative for me when it comes to NXT right now.
0: I think it's just jarring that we're watching these shows like you'll watch Raw and you got all these people going crazy and the product's like hot and the crowds are hot. And then like immediately the next day it's NXT. And it's just still reminds me of that pandemic era viewing that it kind of brings the show down. And they're in Florida. Yeah. Like, I'm just saying, like Florida.
1: <laughs> they'll, let not- you, they'll let you fill up an arena. In yeah. I mean, they'll kick you out if you're wearing a mask. <laughs> Call you a wuss. Um, no, I think, uh, yeah, it, it is a little strange that they're not embracing more of that. But I mean, but tonight, man, I mean, for as small as the crowd as it was tonight, there was energy. There was a lot of energy. Yeah. You know, uh, Van Dam uh, Pick a Hand. Pick a Hand. Oh, Van Dam Pick a Hand. I got it. $5. Gordon Sully's Ghost approves of Samoa and carrying Cross going head to head. I'm off to the airplane room with a white towel and a cigarette.
0: Deep RVD reference over there. I like that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, then, oh, the Cameron Grimes LA night stuff tonight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, there was ball washing. Uh, but
0: no, what did you think of uh, these segments on the golf course, Alfred? Uh, they, they went a little crazy with the puns but i didn't i mean it was like some of the best after-school programming i've ever seen huh. uh, because they had they had that thing with ted dibiase that was my favorite part of it where he showed up with a golf cart and just gave and i was hoping and i think we've talked about this before on the podcast that like he would turn and ted dibiase would be gone and like he's the only person who saw Ted. <laughs> but i really <laughs> like what they're doing with this i like the on location i think the, the production continues yes. to be really really good with these segments and well, guys are doing a good job with, with, you know, their swings are awful in terms of golf swings, but they, oh, the, that makes God. it funnier. And I think it's very funny.
2: Oh, yes. I love everything about all of these segments. The ball washing will forever be a meme. I already seen it used <laughs> in completely different contexts all over my timeline. Um, yeah, I, I love the idea of the back on location back on, you know, the CWC because they did the one at the house, then they kind of wrestled. Now they're back at the golf course. It's the best way to keep this fresh. But I think these two guys will make it work no matter where you film it. This was fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This was really good. Second funniest thing I watched today Uh, NXT breakout (laughs) tournament first round match Josh Briggs versus Carmelo Hayes. Uh,
0: Man, Carmelo Hayes is a superstar. I agree. You know what's funny is I'm watching this, I had no idea he was that small. I thought that he would be kind of comparable. I really wasn't paying attention, I guess, to the sizes when they ran them down. But I think it's because he's got like, he's got a great build, but he's got like six foot seven charisma. So I just assumed he was this taller guy and I was very pleasantly surprised to see him win this. Like, I'm a fan of a lot of these big guys coming in in the NXT and adding some diversity of the body types in NXT but i assume that this is just going to be another big guy running through a little guy as we've seen for a couple of weeks now and carmelo hayes not only won he won clean this is more of a showcase for hayes and i loved it
2: yeah me too i kind of figure um in regards to his size cuz he fought for the cruiserweight title remember yes. so th- that kind of like give you a hint but yeah regardless once I saw who he was wrestling I was a little bit worried that he was gonna lose tonight because I really like out of all of these guys he's got the most experience we're the most familiar with him so I will definitely try to go very far into the tournament into the tournament with him um the matches so far have been a lot of fun yeah. but Carmelo Hayes I will say has been the one that I kind of like will have been invested because we've seen him on tv recently so this one even more fun to watch you know but yeah overall a lot of fun loving this um tournament i hope they do something with and i apologize i forgot his name the guy that he wrestled What's his name? oh thank you (laughs) i I can't (laughs) pronounce it that's probably why but um (laughs) i hope they do something with him because he's so impressive size wise he almost looks out of place in nxt (laughs) so i hope they do they do a lot with him
1: uh, I want to talk about Frankie Monet and what's going on there. This promo, man, like I thought her mixing in with the Robert Stone brand was going to uh, kind of provide her a little bit of backing and a platform. But the way this all went tonight was very unexpected. Uh, we had uh, her backstage talking about teaming with Jesse Kamea and then Kaden Carter and Casey Cananzaro interrupted, setting up a match for later in the night. Uh, we saw more in the golf course with Ted DiBiase uh, appearing before Cameron Grimes. Man, I mean, this rematch, if this happens in front of a crowd, is going to be off the hook at TakeOver 36.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, the, 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 so, the match with uh, Frankie Monet, are we at that? No, no, because they set that up in the interview backstage. That's right. They did do the interview backstage. Yeah, that was kind of, yeah, that's what was the most frustrating part. And I guess we'll get into more was with what, everything they did with Frankie Monet today really made me scratch my head.
1: Yeah. I mean, me I mean, well, so, I mean, let's, let's talk quickly about, uh, Raquel Gonzalez out there with Dakota Kai, and interesting build how Gonzalez is talking about everyone she's beat, best NXT Women's Champion ever, most dominant, they're hyping up, they're name-dropping Asuka, Charlotte. I thought, and I don't know if you thought, I thought Sasha's music was going to hit, and we were going to get Raquel versus Sasha takeover, right? Because the way they were building that, it was like, it's a matter of time. And Dakota did sell, like, oh, I've got your back. We're like a team. And then Dakota attacking her is one thing. But, uh, I mean, it'll be good. I, I don't know. Are, are you super hyped for this, Isa, for Dakota Kai versus uh, Raquel Gonzalez to take over?
2: I am. I I, I liked the promo that Dakota Kai cut tonight. And I didn't see it that way. I the whole time I knew what she was hinting at just because she kept saying you owe this only to one woman and then she said, As long as I have your back, you will be champion. As soon as she yeah. said that, I was like, It's happening. Yep. It's happening because she's basically <laughs> saying this this rain is thanks to her, you know. Um I, I love seeing this side of Dakota Kai. I really like her and I feel like she's kind of like done a good job at taking the backseat and letting Raquel shine. Um so I'm I'm super super excited for this. And the crowd, you could tell when you know when she betrayed Raquel everybody was really into that moment we've all been expecting it but it still doesn't make it you know not interesting when it finally happens I didn't think that we're gonna do it this soon yeah I still think that there's other people that Raquel could wrestle before she got to Dakota but maybe the Dakota saving her and and interfering is starting to get a little old when it comes to Raquel's um, title ring so maybe that's why they put the plug on this now
1: Alfred, do you think Dakota wins it
0: over? That That's interesting. I don't think it's a lot that Raquel Gonzalez holds on to that title because SmackDown's going under kind of a reboot with the women's division. They're going to have that queen of the ring tournament. We still don't know who's going to be in it. And I could see Raquel Gonzalez being somebody who gets called up within the next couple of months. So maybe um, Dakota Kai does win that match. Uh, right now, I'll say that Raquel Gonzalez wins. Uh, I, I just love the mistrust that is built in whenever there's friends because just like you, Isa, when I heard her say, this is my best friend, that's when I was like, oh, here it comes. And i stayed away from the spoilers. I know they're out there, but I wanted to kind of be fresh in how I reacted to this. And so when she said best friend, I just kind of, my dog ears went up like, oh. And then like, yep. music to their, I like how they did it because they played her music. And I was like, okay, maybe yep. they'll wait for another week. And then it just came. And um, I really don't think it is too soon because every single week of them appearing on camera together, they've done something where it's, and I'm sure they're going to play it up in the video trailer for this feud. They've done something subtle where mm. either Dakota Kyle will give her a look or, like, there was that one week where Zaya um, Lee walked right past Dakota Khan. She's like, wait, I'm standing right here. And she went straight to Raquel. So, there's all these little hints where Raquel makes some comment and Dakota will give, like, roll her eyes in the background. And I think they're going to start, like, putting those together so that you can see all the pieces of how this led to this. But I think yeah. they've done a good job suddenly building the tension between these two. And hey, you know, tonight,
1: they actually did a really good job of, I think, laying a lot of groundwork for the nxt women's division we saw mandy rose backstage talking with Gigi dolan and jc jane they mm-hmm. didn't really say what they were talking about or what was going on but they're building stuff there we saw this next match the tag division we had a and shrines stark uh in training in a in a little vignette backstage um there's a lot going on but Caden carter and casey Kennanzaro versus frankie monet and jesse kamea was this frankie monet's first loss since debuting in nxt yes yes i couldn't
2: yes. believe it and he should and she have been
0: in. in a tag team match with Jesse Kamea as her tag team partner. With all due respect to Jesse Kamea, she could have taken that loss. Like, there, there's no reason for Frankie Monet to lose his match for Casey Cadenzaro. I mean,
1: yeah, no, nah, I mean, Casey hasn't really been on a push. She had that great uh Rumble spot, and then she was in, and then she was out, she was away for a while, like. I just I worry that this signals uh, that they're dropping the ball on Frankie. I know they're setting up some drama with her and the Robert Stone brand, her being mad at him tonight. But she is better than this. Like she seemed like she yeah. be on the fast track to the NXT Women's Championship, or at least the main event spotlight. And I don't know why they're putting her in the muck and the mire here.
2: Uh one thousand percent agree i don't think that frankie should have lost and i think that they tease so many possibilities of fields with frankie when she first was showing up before we saw her in the ring and they haven't like really executed in any of them she called out mercedes martinez mm-hmm. she called out raquel she called out eo and then they're going in this direction with her i just i just think it doesn't it doesn't make her shine. There's just something about this that's not working for me. And this was even during the interview. This was even before watching her having to lose that match, which it it, it infuriates me. I think she has like star power written all over her. And I think she could be in in the title picture if you would have kept pushing her the way you were pushing her. She was squashing people out there every week. And now she's doing this. I don't understand when it happened, you know, and and I and I told you guys like I think it was last week when she came out after Aliyah had her moment or two weeks ago. It felt weird to me, and and maybe it was just premonition of what was to come because I don't like this at all. I hope they go in a, I I hope they go somewhere with it or she walks away because you know, kind of like Aliyah did. Yeah, you guys are not worth it.
0: She could be
1: main roster bound. I could see Vince <laughs> seeing something in her.
2: I hope
0: that's what's behind yeah. it. But even that, the biggest hangup that I have with this is that they're heating her up. They're treating her like this great big star. She is getting a series of squash wins. She didn't even get that first actual feud with somebody else who's yeah. like of her level to where she could either win that match or maybe she does lose that match. But there is like a lot of intrigue in something like that. And now she's suddenly being knocked down a peg to where it's not going to mean as much, I don't think.
2: You could have put her in a one-on-one feud with Io. Yeah. yeah. And not put Io in the tag team division. They could have, have a non title field. They could have, I mean, there's so much you could have done with her. I just didn't like this. And hopefully they they change creative on this.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're making it seem like, I mean, the Robert Stone brand was doing fine on its own. Like, I don't think this is one plus one equals two. I feel like this is one plus one keeps both at one. Yes. Um, yeah. It's just not, it's not working. Steve Marco 399, saying better chance to main event at WrestleMania, Cross or Priest. Well,
0: Priest now. I mean, he didn't have that ugly yeah. loss of the Miz, but he's kind of being on the track to where he's probably going to beat Sheamus for that US title, and who knows from there. So Priest is now in the lead. I'll say.
2: Yeah, agreed. I mean, he definitely looked a lot better than Cross uh, uh, last night, and Cross—they both got a win, but I felt Priest was more significant.
1: Robert Martinez, two ninety nine. Next year, Sunday night <laughs> heat. For basura. Basura. Uh, it's trash. Basura. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I took Spanish and French, two years each. Don't remember any of it. Yeah. I took four years, five years of Spanish. And not, wow. Not really good. Uh, I, I had to look up the lyrics, the translations to Menudo songs that I've learned phonetically. <laughs> Can we get a Menudo
0: reference every single week?
1: <laughs> we could. We, we absolutely could. Issa uh, on the Menudo fan page, uh, Project M was posting. They did Burger King commercial in Puerto Rico in the late eighties. Oh I'm yes. thinking I gotta dive deep into Project M. Now, Project M was three of the uh, Golden Age era uh, Menudo yeah. that, when they aged out of the group, went and formed their own group in their late teens, early twenties.
2: Yeah, because is- aging out of Menudo was like sixteen year old. You're too old for Menudo. You gotta go.
1: Um. So, oh, I wonder what who's who's had a better who's had better careers, like former Menudo members or former NXT roster members.
2: Kind of tough when you weigh it. Former Menudo members, Ricky Martin Rick was Martin. a Menudo <laughs> member, and look at him. Yes. <laughs> wow.
1: Johnny doing his hosting stuff uh, on the yeah. I think, <laughs> on the morning show. Um. So we had a sit-down interview with uh, Malcolm Evans and Roderick Strong of the Diamond Mine. Feeling
2: that, this?
0: <laughs> Feeling feel Roderick like Strong? You. Feeling Roddy? I mean, if this seems so cold, and there was nothing. You know, I'll tell you what my favorite part of the segment was, is when Malcolm Bivens asks Wade he goes, hey, Wade, do you like money? And Wade was like, I love money. <laughs> 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 you know, he didn't even wait. He's just, I love money. But,
2: but that's, that's, not that's not good.
0: That's I know, not good.
1: That's not good. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I completely like. I don't even know how it happened. Do you ever like you see it on the TV, but you don't remember anything about the segment or the moment? You know, like right before I sit down to like talk to you guys, I'm like, okay, this happened, this happened, this happened, and I literally said to myself, "What was the diamond mine on tonight?" Yeah. And now that you say that, I was like, well, I guess they were, and I must have been scrolling or doing something else. Definitely do not remember it. That that goes to tell you something. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I was oh, every. Replay- Like, they they need to just find out, like, what – because I don't think him feuding with Bobby Fish is going to be the answer. There just needs – because I hear – you're just hearing all these stories that they've got big plans for Roderick Strong, this Cruiserweight title. They just need to fast-track him to, like, a one-on-one Cruiserweight Championship feud. So there's a reason as to why they're fighting, and maybe that'll make the promos and all this better. But I just don't get this Diamond Mine thing at this
2: point. Well, they got new shirts on the shop.
0: (laughs) Oh, they didn't. (laughs) At least they're pushing merch.
2: Yeah, I mean, Nikki, Nikki Ash doesn't have any merch, and Diamond Mind does. So there goes. That's a sign.
0: we are saving it for Halloween. There's going to be Nikki Ash costumes. That would be a waste. If they don't have Nikki Ash costumes oh, yeah. for Halloween, which is just around the corner, that would be a waste. <laughs> so,
1: uh, Dragonoff versus take takeover 36 for the NXT UK Championship. They we showed yes. the video of this show last week. That's going to be huge. It's
2: be awesome. I'm so hyped. <laughs>
1: uh, Imperium versus Hit Row tonight. And Imperium getting the win, but uh, yeah. Fant- uh, Legado del Fantasma making the attack after. Um, what did you think of this whole match, uh, Alfred, to you first?
0: I mean, this is another point of frustration for me in that I didn't think Hero needed to lose, and I get it that they're trying to build this feud with Legado del Fantasma, but I, I wouldn't agree with them losing to Imperium, who they're literally doing nothing with. Mm-hmm. And, but I will say I love Top Dollar in this match. I mean, maybe it wasn't that... You know, people are going to complain about him technically sound. He probably has more um, uh, to do in terms of getting his ring work ready, but I thought what he did in this match in terms of charisma-wise, and even his moves looked very impressive for such a big guy flying around there. I thought he looked like a superstar in this match. I loved uh, Top Dollar in this match, but um, I did not like the finish at all.
2: Yeah, same. I agree with you. I top, top dollar. After a match finishes, I always wonder, especially attack match, who did I pay attention to the most? Who captivated oh. me, right? And I yes. thought that top dollar was the guy tonight in that match. Hated the finish. In the exact same head scratching as the Frankie Monet thing, it felt like a little bit of Monday Night Raw hungover, like happened on NXT where people that shouldn't be losing are taking L's for no reason. Um I don't want Hit Row to lose. And and like you said, this is a field that doesn't feel like it's even significant. There's no titles involved. There's no nothing. So why are they losing to Imperium? I don't know. But and it was um, to yeah.
1: Marcelin and Eichner. I mean, this is the Joey Fatone and Chris Kirkpatrick of Imperium.
2: <laughs> I can't. I can't win. <laughs> Does
0: that make Walter Walter's Timberlake? Okay, I was going to say Lance. Bass, Walter's Walter's, no, Walter's Timberlake.
1: Timberlake, J. C. Chazet, and Lance Bass. That's how. Yeah, like yeah
2: it. he of them like he. Eight, all
1: three of them. You could beat all three of them at once. Don't act you won't. Oh, yeah. 1,000%. Like oh,
2: yeah, <laughs> I don't
1: know. JT's wiry, man. I'm predicting that. <laughs> um, but, yeah. I mean, look. This is really about Hit Row and Phantasma. So, we'll see what happens. Um, this was good. This this was uh, my second favorite thing on the show tonight. Uh, the Backstage with Gargano, Candice LeRae, and Indy Hartwell, essentially setting up a match uh, where Gargano versus Dexter, and basically, you know, Indy says, hey, you gotta give him a chance if Dexter beats you.
0: Yeah, love her or leave her. Love her or leave yeah. her actually is what they're saying. So this will be oh fun. My God.
2: <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of fun. It is, but I, why are they like her parents or something? Like why is Gargano fighting for like it feels weird, but I hope I cannot wait. I hope Dexter wins, obviously. Yeah, the
1: way is a, like a, a little bit like a cult in some some senses.
0: Yeah. They, they do they do present them like a family, like Gargano and Candace are the parents. They they just right. have their son run away from home, like he packed his stuff <laughs> and ran away from home. And then they've got their petulant daughter who has a crush on a boy that they don't approve of yeah (laughs) yep
1: that's exactly how it is can't go wrong with that and then uh back on the golf course million dollar champion la knight and his caddy slash butler cameron grimes interrupted by the grizzled young veterans who caught up to him on the course and uh yeah basically uh, they were doing bets over shots uh golf shots um do you think they're gonna set up an, an odd couple tag team that was,
0: if it wasn't for Ted DiBiase appearing, which that's gonna be the thread to him turning and doing a feud, that's what this looked like. And the more I see them together, they just have so much chemistry as a pair. That I think we should see a tag team between these two yeah. at some point. I, I thought they were great. And the outfits were just so ridiculous for both guys. Like I loved, <laughs> I love the you know, like I wearing those cowboy boots and green socks in the course. And then LA Knight just those ridiculously like booty shorts. they like showed off as quads and whatnot. I just thought they looked so ridiculous. This is like grade A comedy. I really do think it's like legitimately funny. Yeah, it is.
2: I will show it to other people. Like that's how funny these segments are. Like you have to check this out, right? I I thought they were going in that direction as well, Glenn. I I I had a sense of are they gonna make them a tag team at some point? Maybe not immediately, but I have a feeling that at some point they're gonna tag together, Um, and. Now that you mentioned the office, it makes me wonder what Ellie and I will make Cameron Grimes wear if they're attacking. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, because we've been dressing him. Remember, he dressed him as a butler and he dressed him today. So he's probably going to have to pick his wrestling gear if they're tagging together. Oh, that'd be great.
1: Uh, so immediately before NXT tonight. I'd never seen this before. I'd never seen this movie. I was familiar with it, but I didn't really know what it was about. But uh, I was reading something online that was saying, if you've never seen the 1994 Martin Short, Charles Grodin movie, Clifford, like this is batshit insane. Where Martin Short at 40 years old, played a petulant 10 year old boy, terrorizing his uncle played by Charles Grodin. And Martin Short at 40. Wow. And so I was like, I've never seen this movie. People are like, no, you have to see this. This is like brilliant and batshit crazy. We put it on and it was so goddamn funny and weird. Because, I mean, they literally shot this Martin Short at 40, playing a 10-year-old. And it's got kind of like a bad seed connotation. So he's like an evil kid who keeps trying to like, get revenge on his uncle. It was freaking nuts. That was the
0: funniest thing I saw today. Martin Short is pound uh, for pound one of the funniest human beings on the planet. And Jiminy Glick, to me, is like a top five television character for me. You need to watch this movie if you're Martin yeah, Short
1: And Charles Grodin, frustrated Charles Grodin is just comedic gold. This was so good. So just so have I never seen it? I did wasn't sure what it was. I was aware I didn't <laughs> wasn't aware he actually played a child in the movie. And that's just what made it for me. And Daphne Coleman was in it, who was always a delight.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: I, I saw before. that
2: movie already, but it's been so long since I've seen it, and now you're so making weird. me curious. I might it's have to check it out It's such a weird movie. I've so definitely heard weird. that
0: it was really funny. I've just never seen it. I'll definitely watch it.
1: Again. It's just amazing that somebody made this. I'm like, we're going to have an adult play a child. <laughs> just treat it that way. Um, but tonight, let's talk about the main event. Bronson Reed taking on Adam Cole. Adam Cole, the Luther Campbell of Undisputed Era, out there, there tonight. There you go. Uncle and Yes, Uncle Luke. Well, he really was the talent of the group. <laughs> he was. Which is really
0: weird when you think about it, because, like, Luke didn't really rap. Luke just no, sort like of... the hype man, you know? He was, he was kind of the Flavor Flavor a little bit. Did you know the Parental Advisory sticker is because pretty much of uh, 2 Live Crew? They... Yes. Anytime you see that? And, and if you see Parental Advisory, like, growing up in the 90s hip-hop, I wouldn't buy an album unless it had the Parental <laughs> oh, Advisory sticker on it.
1: <laughs> I knew a kid who ha- who owned, whose parents bought him as clean as they want to be. That was a sad, sad <laughs> oh, young man no. that was living that lifestyle, <laughs> listening to the clean version of Me So Horny. Oh, That's um, that should be illegal. It should. Favorite deep cut on the two live crew records, which I surprisingly owned a lot of, because, I mean, let's face it, like, not really the greatest music, but there are things that so much you and you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm into it. Uh, the the <laughs> I Ain't Bullshit series where Luther Campbell, like, four parts, just, like, reads from his enemies list and talks <laughs> shit about people overbeat. Doesn't even make it rhyme, doesn't even rap. And he tries to code it. Like, let's talk about things you find in your table, like pepper and salt or kids that play. And it's just like, he puts in all this effort to sit there and talk smack. It is uh, the secret gem of the two live
0: crew records. So awesome. there's a lot of gems too. <laughs> They're like what the Migos is now, I, I think. It's like not necessarily going to make you think. It's not deep, but it's good music that makes you have a good time.
2: Right. And sometimes that's all we need. Yeah. If you put on it your
1: birthday, like, you know, or Scarred or actually a solo oh, stuff. I just
2: do solo stuff
1: more than I do the two live crew songs, believe me. Yeah. And why did he never find the merchandising opportunity to open a uh, a uh, you know Pacific uh, uh, Rim influenced restaurant called Hey We Want Some Sushi? I just think that's printing money right there.
2: (laughs) There you go. There's your next investment opportunity. Let me so hungry.
0: You could do so much with this. There is a fan in NXT that goes, hey, we want some bailey. I remember that. Oh, shit. I'd forgotten about that. Because that was short-lived, though. They didn't do that. Yeah, they very, didn't do that for too long. Because I think just, somebody was kind of like, got it going.
1: yeah, someone was like, we probably shouldn't do that. We probably <laughs> yeah. shouldn't encourage this. People are going to Google this. It's not going to go well.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Right. Uh, Bronson Reed versus Adam Cole. Oh, man. I, see, I don't want Bronson Reed to lose. Like Adam didn't need this win.
0: Yeah, remember those rumors of, like, Bronson Reed? He's going to the main roster. That's why he lost that title. did not that seem like so long ago? Because I don't know what's going on with this guy now.
2: Well, he doesn't care about the fact that he lost his title, apparently. Like, he yeah. lost it, and he went to... To Adam Cole, like he does, he's not even trying to get his title back. Also, he was tweeting at Roman Reigns, uh, talking about maybe you guys need an Intercontinental Champion. Like you're not gonna join the Bloodline acting this way, bro. Like you really think the Tribal Chief wants to somebody that's taking pins on Tuesday nights? I don't think so. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it was like, even even when the match started at what like, n- like nine minutes before it was supposed not to even end, so they were yeah, yeah, which was weird to me for an Adam Cole match because when Adam Cole main events, I'm like they they give him time, you know. Um, but this show was a little bit cramped. Like they put a lot into this show, which okay, I mean for it being in sci-fi, I thought they were gonna not even try, but they didn't do that. Um, yeah, I I I don't understand what's going on with him. Maybe he didn't want to go to the main roster. Now he's paying the price. But to me, this doesn't make any sense. It made me scratch my head too because he should be trying to get his title back or. I don't even understand why he's going after Adam Cole, and don't even get me started with the ending, because I'm kind of over Kyle (laughs) O'Reilly and Adam Cole, very, very much over this feud. I have a feeling we're going to get the third installment at the next yeah,
0: Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that either, and just based on this crowd reaction, this match, they're just going back and forth in terms of mostly chanting for Adam Cole, which because they haven't really established what the heat is between these two guys. Why should they be rooting for Bronson Reed over uh, Adam Cole? What are they fighting they over? Shouldn't. This has been the problem with Adam Cole's feuds lately. It's like it's a lot of wrestling for the sake of wrestling. And they even booed Kyle O'Reilly when it came back. And I know that is like continuity because that's what Adam Cole did. But that was so long ago. And they seem like they did resolve that problem. So it did seem kind of cheap for O'Reilly to come out there. And I don't even know myself if Kyle O'Reilly is supposed to be the heel or not in this match because he's, he's doing this like new character where he's snapping all the time and he's very Ken Shamrock-like
2: yeah i don't I, I i don't i don't get it i just don't get it and i and i really wonder what um stipulation can you give them at this yeah. point to make this match interesting or to get us back into it because after that unsanctioned match and then they have what like a regular wrestling match it's just like what are you gonna do now what can you do they're gonna kill it they're good wrestlers don't get me wrong sure. but it's just like i felt so over it when i saw him come out i'm like please not again yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean, I feel it's going to be a little too much of just that hard-hitting to bell action because already you're going to have the NXT UK Championship on there. You're going to have Samoa Joe versus Cross. Actually, that might be a little different. That could be more condensed brutality. Like, but it, you know what I mean? Like, that won't be as much of a technical... Well, it won't be a technical right.
0: wrestling match. Like that will yeah, just be a, just be more a rampage. Action.
1: Yeah, but you put KOR versus Cole 3 on there. Like, I don't know. Like I like, I like when they mix up the cards and give us a different, yeah. different style of match.
0: Well, this match needs a stipulation, I, whether it's a steel cage or even – I mean, we've been saying this for a while. Loser leaves town. There needs yeah. to be some major stipulation that tells you this is the last time they're going to face off, and the winner of this match is going to be the person who stands tall and moves on.
2: Make it a hell in a cell. Have they done hell in a cell? No, I don't think they ever
0: have. I don't know. Well, if they're doing it in the CWC, I don't think they could that hell in a cell might be bigger than the CWC itself. You've done steel cages Put it now. outside. Yeah. 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 Yeah, there you
2: go. Put it outside. Yeah. Listen, the parking lot is the most dangerous place there anyway. So you might as well. Oh, maybe that's it. A parking lot match. Yeah. Parking lot. They <laughs> did that. They did that last
1: year, remember? Uh, the one with the cars all surrounded? Oh yeah, that was that's right, that's last right. match. Oh no, he had a
0: couple of yeah. matches after that, but that was yeah, yeah, one of his last matches.
2: No, but it's a parking lot match, and you have Karrion Cross pull like pull in for his match with Samoa Joe. He doesn't see them and run them over, oh. and then the match is over. Everybody loses. Everybody leaves town. It's just done by double, well, double
0: <laughs> homicides. Like,
2: <laughs> I just something about Kyle O'Reilly's hair
1: just viscer like this response in me of like. <laughs> Like the kid with the illegal fireworks, like who was like smoking across the street from your elementary school. Not even high
0: school, elementary school. Like he's got that
1: that haircut,
0: right? I just saw my childhood friend Brad Weber. That's how he was that kid. He had a pit bull and everything. Shout out to Brad Weber.
1: Yeah, it's like (laughs) he's been at his house and his parents were somehow never home. You know, like
2: yeah. <laughs> I don't correct. know. He gives me he gives me the vibes of the person that would that would throw something at the ring when Matt Cardona wins. Oh, well, there you go. That's what I get from.
0: He gets <laughs> <laughs> the GCW fan vibes. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, but I gotta say though, it's like I think
1: about all this, and even with its flaws, this is why I love NXT because it's like on um. On SmackDown, I've got no affection for like Dolphin, Bobby Roode, you know, and their thing. Or like the Otis and Chad thing is just kind of like, oh, I mean, I like Chad Gable a lot and I want better for Otis. But it's like even with NXT, even when we like poke fun at some of this stuff, there's that feeling of
0: ownership because like we've been
2: following
1: these guys and coming up with them, you know?
2: Yeah. Right.
0: That's a good point. And I think part of it is because they've been there for so long, but it does have more of a feel of like characters on a television show.
1: Yeah. Yeah, which is weird, too, right? Because on SmackDown, you think broadcast TV. But I think on SmackDown, it's more show don't tell, where they just think, well, the Dirty Dogs can show up, and you know what these guys are all about. Right. It was like they almost don't want to put in the work. They just want
2: to be like, oh, I,
1: you know, it's very uh, surface.
2: So you didn't pop for the Dirty Dogs trying to steal Baron Corbin's 60 bucks last Friday? I- that part I did, but they could have been. he's <laughs> still living still free in my brain, the way that they just like <laughs> ripped that we- money off his hand. <laughs> I've been thinking
1: about this Baron Corbin thing though, and I think that they do have to kind of like I watched that backstage interview, and I, I oh, this is this is what I worry about. There is something inherently funny in the concept of punching up, and you have somebody that was rich that goes from from riches to rags. That has always been funny in comedy. I worry though because it's Vince, like I don't want it to become making fun of poverty or poor people, because yeah. that's just kind of shitty, you know. Like so, I think when they have Baron talk about. His his high life he was living, like the Wagyu beef to spaghetti in a can, that's one thing. But I do worry how much further they push in that direction before it's like, okay, maybe this isn't so funny or cool
2: anymore. I, I don't think it's going to go there just because of the way that Baron Corbin is doing it. Even in the backstage promo, you can just see that his version of poverty is just I don't know, living in New York City. Oh, <laughs> you know, no. so it's just like it's just like what are you doing? Like I don't I don't see it that way. I really love that backstage um interview a lot. Like you can see how committed Baron Corbin is to this right now.
1: Well, the Bitcoin thing was genius How they tied that in If you haven't seen that yeah. Go on WWE social and watch that It was very well done But yeah, I just worry Like what Vince finds funny about this Might not actually be What other people are finding As funny about
0: this Yeah, I mean It is kind of veering toward them uh, I think the way this could go left And I love it so far And I think it's going to really turn Merrick Corbin into a baby face and I think uh, he's doing a good job But the way it could go left like that Is if they get into the homelessness thing Because he's essentially a homeless person now That's his gimmick Because he's begging for change And stuff like that So if it becomes more about Making fun of the Homeless than it is making fun of Baron Corbin for being poor. That's where I think people can maybe take exception. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I'm sure we'll have more to dissect after Friday. Uh, Britt Murphy, $5, saying if it's true between Kylo uh, Cole versus O'Reilly, Roger's going to go nuts. And I'm probably going to use that gift from Back to the Future. Hey, I've seen this one.
2: His favorite gift. That's his favorite gift. He loves that. I know.
1: I was thinking about this last night when uh, we watched The Secret of My Success. Then we watched Life with Mikey. And Michael J. Fox. Here, I I I cracked the problem with Michael J. Fox's career. I figured it out last night. Michael J. Fox was in one of the best sitcoms of all time, iconic role in Family Ties. One of the best movie trilogies of all time in the Back to the Future series. Everything he made after that, it wasn't bad. It was just simply not those two things that we loved. And so people were disappointed. You know, it's literally a case where you almost outdid yourself so much early on that it was impossible. Yeah, so much life with Mikey, Secret and My Success. I was like, these are all fine films. Not a huge Teen Wolf fan, but
0: The Frighteners was pretty dope. When you say he was in one of the best sitcoms of all time, I thought you were going to say Spin City. <laughs> Spin was, City was even pretty over. good. <laughs> no, but it was, was actually pretty fine, good. God, but good. Charlie Sheen was better than
2: that Yeah, show actually, I did J. like the Charlie oh, Sheen.
1: The tra- yeah. I, I do agree with you. The Charlie Sheen seasons were actually funnier than the Michael J. Fox Yeah.
2: Seasons. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I that. but yeah it's just it's the thing though it's like you do something and it establishes you so Johnny Gargano in a way in a way in a way the way is like Indeed. Johnny Gargano's spin city because we had you know DIY which is like his family ties and his back to the future was Gargano Ciampa and now he's got his third, his
2: <sighs> oh, third that's an amazing together. analogy I way really bring like that, that together so My are you saying that you don't
0: think the way is as good as anything he did beforehand because I think that'd be valid as funny as he is in the way I mean peak Johnny Gargano was like the best wrestler that company had ever seen yeah, yeah, you enjoy it, and
1: he's funny, and it's uh, it's entertaining, but you are not inv- – I mean, come on. Like, you were rooting for that kid in DIY, and you were really rooting for him in Gargano versus Ciampa, yeah. where they went there. Yeah, she wasn't. <laughs> I'll tell you, though, the, <laughs> biggest, the biggest missed opportunity, but there would have been no coming back from it, was when uh, Candice came out that time to try and stop it at that takeover. If uh, if uh, Candice would have walked off with Ciampa, that would have been the ultimate ending. Yes, yeah. to, to that feud, and by okay. I thought you were rooting for him, Glenn. What, the heard, what? But that would have been. Come on, that would have just been like, <laughs> holy shit! Like that would have been. I mean, come on, that would have been because I mean, Ciampa was really heelish in that, but that would have been like next level heel.
2: Right. Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> no, Johnny Gargano was the Michael J. Fox of NXT. We That's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like
2: I that, that, that. a lot. Me too. Me too. You, you I, I didn't know where you were going with that, but we got there. <laughs> yeah, it's really wild analogy,
0: but he didn't bring it together. I didn't know where he was going. Either. Sometimes, that's <laughs> it to you. works. Uh,
1: seller just opened saying, Don't job Teen Wolf. Uh, you know, I thought Teen Wolf was just, just okay. I don't remember it. I saw it a, a bunch of times when I was younger, but I don't remember anything about it. He rides on top of a van while someone's driving a van.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I thought that was cool as a kid. I thought a lot of stuff was cool as a kid. That as an yeah. adult I kind of watched and I'm like, oh, maybe it wasn't so cool. Maybe it wasn't so good.
2: I think that's not the case for everybody. Yes. But then other things I
1: watched, <laughs> and I'm like, this is better than I realized it was when I was when I was a child.
2: Yes. You
1: know, it goes both ways. Uh so that was NXT tonight.
0: Tomorrow night's AEW. Yes That'll be
1: fun.
0: That'll be fun.
2: I can't I can't wait.
0: Very much looking forward to that.
2: I know. I know. uh, Me too. I actually get to cover it. I think you're on tomorrow, Alfred?
0: I'm not on tomorrow, so you might be taking my place tomorrow. Oh, uh, that's
2: one thing. I know I'm filling in for someone. I'm I'm pinch hitting (laughs) tomorrow. (laughs) Have you
0: worked with
1: Justin before, Issa?
2: Yes, Justin. Well, not on Wrestling Inc., but we to Okay, were cool. I'm
1: looking forward to watching that. That's I'm awesome. to yeah, that, <laughs> that. All comes together. That'll be very exciting. You uh, know,
2: fun fact, Glenn. Uh, Justin, I sat down at a wrestling show with Justin, and he's the one who told me I needed to start recording my reactions. Also, I know you love my reactions. What? That's where he came from. He was the one that was like, "You're hilarious. You should start oh, recording this."
1: <laughs> Friday, I had to show my wife your reaction to Roman's
0: promo. Like, I was like, you have to drink. Oh that was a great reaction, Issa. That was really funny. I retweeted I should have if I didn't, but that, it was very funny. So good. Uh, <laughs> when he said that, I was like, oh man, Issa must be going crazy. Like, you didn't let me down.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You should see the comments on it on YouTube. Everybody was like, I had to come to your channel immediately. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited to see the murder of Chris Jericho tomorrow, though.
0: Yeah, be scary. I don't know. Chris Jericho, he's a tough guy. He doesn't have to prove himself to anybody, but he's taking some crazy bumps in AEW. And this might be the craziest thing he's ever done because I don't care what they tell Nick Gage. This stuff is real. This guy's about that life. When they ring that bell, this is going to be a bloody match. It's going to like, Chris Jericho's in for a friggin'
2: fight. It's going to be insane. Did you see that interview that MJF did? And they were like, if that's what you have for part two, what's going to be for part four? And he's like, there won't be one. And I'm like, I love that answer. Look at the gimmick. He's so good. I know.
1: I know. No, I think uh, it's going to be exciting to see what happens. Man,
0: Nick Gage is one of the realest...
2: Yes. Oh, he's real.
0: as it. 2021, he's white new Jack. That's what he is. He, 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 it's real to him. He uses weapons and he hits you as hard as he can. And uh, it's it's going to be crazy.
2: But when he talks, though, he so, says it. Yeah. And, and, you know, yeah. in a weird yeah. way, I feel like he's the biggest baby face in the industry. <laughs> it's so weird. Like the connection yeah. that he has with the fans and, and his real life story. he's like this dude is such a baby face. But, you know, I mean, he's a badass. It's an awesome combination.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So tune in tomorrow night for uh, coverage of that. Issa, Justin bar, And then Friday, the three of us will be back to cover
2: SmackDown.
1: Oh, yeah. What will Roman say this week?
0: What position will he reference?
2: Will you have a Power
1: Girl reference this week? <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> uh, everybody have a good night. We'll catch you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. <laughs>